Welcome to Calvary Church and welcome to Simply Christmas. It's become a tradition that the Sunday before Christmas, we kind of take that morning and step out of the chaos of the season to just listen to the Christmas story as presented in the Bible. So we take the passages that are there, try to put them in chronological order and just read through the story, interspersing it with some carols that speak to those particular issues. So we're glad you joined us today. We're glad you're joining us online. And let's get ready to participate in Simply Christmas. Would you stand with us? Okay. 
King of Israel. They look it up, sing it out. time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which came true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. 
When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was troubled greatly at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her.
strife and quarrel cease. Fill all the world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you were bare. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed in the Lord that he would fulfill his promise to her. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. In those days, Caesar Augustus, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place 
while Quirinius was governor in Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You sing it out. A thrill. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
and Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Would you stand and sing these two songs with us? It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old From angels bending near the earth To touch their harps of gold Peace on the earth, good will to men from heaven's all-gracious King. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. And ye beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Look now for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wind. Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. For though the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old, when with the ever-circling years Shall come the time foretold When peace over all the earth Its ancient 
ocean splendors fling and the whole world give back the song which now the angels sing angels from the realms of glory wing or flight o'er all the earth ye who sang creation story now proclaim Messiah's birth come and worship come and worship worship Christ the newborn King shepherds in the field abiding watching o'er your flocks by night God with us is now residing Yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Saints before the altar bending, watching long in hope and fear. Suddenly the Lord descending in his temple shall appear. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. All creation join in praising God the Father, Spirit, Son. Evermore your voice is raising to the eternal three in one. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the seated. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. 
On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was given the name Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now I want to conclude our Christmas readings with what's become a, my favorite Christmas passage. Now, interestingly, it's not from Matthew or Luke. That's where all the other passages have been taken. It's not from Paul, and it's not from John. This is kind of the the Christmas story according to Jesus. The writer of Hebrews records these words in chapter 10. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. Those words were first recorded in Psalm 40. And the writer of Hebrews 
puts them on Jesus' lips. Because the writer of Hebrews knew that all the sacrifices of the Old Testament that had been experienced and practiced for centuries really couldn't rid the world or people of sin and couldn't provide access to God. But when Jesus came, he saw the one to whom all those sacrifices pointed. And so he thought of Psalm 40, and he put those words on Jesus' lips. And Jesus had those words on his lips as well. As I was thinking about those verses this past week, I thought of two particular things. Number one, Jesus was born for a purpose. Jesus was born to accomplish a mission. Right at the end it says, I have come to do your will, my God. No other child ever born could say that. Parents often have purposes for their kids, and sadly, sometimes they want to live out what they missed out on through their kids. But here's Jesus, born for a purpose, born to accomplish a mission. No other kid ever born was born to accomplish something. But Jesus came to do God's will, and we know the rest of the story, that his will was to do away with sacrifices by providing access and forgiveness. But the second thing I thought of in reading him is, you know, it's one thing to be willing. It's another thing to be able. I have two grandsons, and they're often willing to do all kinds of stuff. Pop, I can drive your car. I can climb Mount Everest. I can do this. They're willing to do all kinds of stuff, but they're not able and often in the midst of the task that they think they're willing but eventually prove unable to do, they cry, Pop! Mom! Mimi! Help! Jesus was not only willing, he was able. What all the sacrifices couldn't do, Jesus did do. Imagine being willing and imagine the amazing power to be able. And Jesus puts all of that into play so that we can find forgiveness and access to God. That's what begins at Christmas. You know, it's kind of appropriate that we're going to have communion today. So when you came in, you should have received a little communion packet. And here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about the words we read that tell the Christmas story and I want you to think about Hebrews 10, the gospel, the Christmas story according to Jesus, when he said, sacrifices and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Well, Jesus gave us two symbols, right? He gave us two gifts that remind us of Christmas, that remind us of the mission. But a body you prepared for me, and on that last supper, Jesus took bread, and he broke it and said, this is my body given for you and after dinner he took the cup he said this is the blood of the new covenant not written with ink and not carved in stone the way the old covenant was this covenant is written in my blood you know sometimes we lose sight of the real Christmas in the midst of all the fanfare and the sentiment of babies being born and family celebrations.
Jesus was born for a purpose. Jesus was born to die. To die for you and to die for me. And you have two gifts as a reminder of what Christmas began and what Jesus accomplished. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to think about the things we read. You think about Hebrews 10. If you want to look up those verses, look them up on your phone in the Bible. And as you're remembering, reflecting, thinking, when you're ready, you uh, rip open the wafer and remember Jesus saying, sacrifices and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. And this is a symbol of that. And this is the blood of the new covenant, not carved in stone like the first one, but written in the blood of our Savior. And when you're ready, you take communion and thank God for his gift at Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we stand amazed at the reality of Christmas. All of the tinsel and all of the trappings of the season are fun and cause us to have happy, warm thoughts. But the reality of Christmas, God himself becoming a human being, born to die to provide forgiveness and access. That story melts our hearts. The reality of that transforms us forever. And so Lord, I pray that in this quietness, in the midst of the chaos of the season, through your spirit, would you remind us of that awesome story? Would our hearts be melted and reshaped in a new way? And may we look forward to celebrating this season not just giving gifts and eating meals and being with family, as fun as all of that is. Rejoicing in the fact that we have a God who loves us. Saw our predicament, was unwilling to let it continue. Stepped into this world to solve our problem. Thanks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.